Welcome to episode 31 of the Accessibility Craft Podcast, where we explore the art of creating accessible websites while trying out interesting craft beverages. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Equalize Digital, a WordPress accessibility company and the proud creators of the Accessibility Checker plugin. This episode is a recording of an August 2023 WordPress accessibility meetup where Elvis Kristulovic talks about building accessible websites with the Builderius page builder. WordPress accessibility meetups take place via Zoom webinars twice a month and anyone can attend. For show notes, a full transcript, and additional information about meetups, go to accessibilitycraft.com slash 031. And now, on to the show. So I am very excited to introduce Elvis Kerstolovic. Hopefully I got that right. I practiced a little bit before. Uh, Elvis is a designer and a design educator. Since 2011, he's worked on web experiences for art and education organizations and taught graphic and interactive design to BA and MA students since 2013. Elvis joined the Builderius team in December 2022 to help improve its user interface while maintaining its power and flexibility. Over his design and development career, he's seen how an innovative tool can change the way we work. And I'm very excited to have him here to speak with us and share some of the efforts that they have been putting in for accessibility into their tool. So thank you, Elvis, and welcome. Thank you, Amber. Uh, does everybody hear me? Yep, let me stop. So I'm gonna stop sharing my screen so that you can start mm -hmm. sharing. And then uh, just so everyone knows, I will be watching the Q&A module. If you can try and put questions into there, uh, we will pause and pass those along at appropriate points to Elvis. So I'll let you take it away. Okay, thank you. I'm gonna share the screen now. And then give me a second until I move this away. Yep, looks good. Okay, sure. Hello, everybody. I'm Elvis. Uh, Amber already introduced me. Um, um, I want to just warn something at the beginning of this talk. Uh, I have a bit of an accent, and when I get excited or just kind of in uh, the presentation, I can start to speak. Uh, I tend to speak a bit more faster, and sometimes I even kind of pronounce very silently some words. So if that happens, please warn me. Uh, I'll try to not do it, but it could happen. Um, and um, also, um, I've uh, imagined this presentation kind of like a dialogue. So feel free to ask while the presentation is going on. Uh, you, do not, you do not need to wait for me to finish. Um, yeah, because uh, on the team, uh, on the Builderius team, uh, there's three of us. It's Vitaly Kiko, who is our main uh, front-end developer, Volodymyr Denchik, who is our back-end developer, and I, who am kind of a product designer, let's say. But when the team is so small, it's also, you know, we also uh, inter, let's say, mix what we do. Um, so the presentation is going to be about our idea um, why and how um, a visual tool for building websites or site builder um, could uh, help make um, accessible websites. And um, so that's kind of an idea that I want to present. Um, I wanted to say a couple of words about me. So I've started um, my journey into web um, as an artist trying to make a website for myself. 
then I started my education in design and uh, then moved to teaching at the university, which kind of is both a learning experience and being, you know, teacher as well. And, and then in some recent years, I started developing WordPress websites uh, for clients. Uh, and that's mainly culture uh, and education because that was kind of a context that was close to me. Um, I work mostly locally, although I do also do some work uh, with international clients. So I want to just say a couple of words in general about build values so that you can kind of understand the wider context of accessibility within build values. So what you see as an image is a screenshot of uh, a new UI that's not yet there. Uh, so that's going to come out with our version one. Uh, we are releasing um, a last version before the new UI next week. Uh, so some of the things that I'm going to be using in Bildarius uh, is not available in the current uh, publicly available version. So there's some new stuff, but still not new UI. And so Bildarius um, approaches development um, in a way that kind of it's geared towards developers um, and wants to help with the workflow and flexibility of the builder. So, you know, uh, when we were thinking about the builder, and what it does, it's, it kind of um, brings website building to the wider number of people. It makes it easier. Um, but it also limits certain uh, things that can be done uh, with uh, builders as opposed to just coding the website. Um, and so we built it in a way that entire HTML language is available to you. So you can basically create any kind of HTML element with any kind of attribute. Um, there is no limits uh, compared to any other way of doing that. And then when it comes to dynamic data, we uh, use kind of a different approach in which we uh, keep separate data from the design. So data is kind of, we, we call it data agnostic. So we can take any kind of data. It doesn't even have to be the WordPress data. It can be coming from REST API, or it can come from, um, recently we did the demo with uh, Google Sheet uh, giving data for you know, an example of a loop. So in order to, when keeping those things separate, we get more freedom as to how to structure the website. And uh, so that's, that's kind of in general. And when I joined uh, Build Values, uh, it actually happened uh, directly linked to accessibility. So I was part of a group, but not yet using uh, the product at all. And uh, we've talked a lot about accessibility. And at some point, another member of the of the, of the you know Facebook group said um, or asked whether uh, Build Values could be used to build an accessible menu uh, for keyboard and screen reader. And I've never done that. Uh, in any way previously. I was always using some solution um, and tweak it, but they never built a menu, uh, you know, like a walker from the ground up. Um, so it was kind of a challenge for me and challenge for Bill So I wanted to see if it, if it could be done. Uh, it claimed that it can, but no one has done it, had done it before. So that was my intro into Bill I spent some time building a custom menu from scratch. And actually the the guide that I followed, um, I found 
from it's Adam Berkowitz, if I'm saying it right. And I actually uh, heard about this um, from um, Amber's group from, from accessibility, uh, Facebook accessibility group. Um, and so I, you know, kind of that was my um, start. Um, so, so what I said here was, okay, so we, we, we do it with the builder so that more people can build accessible websites. That's, that's our kind of idea why builder should even deal with this. Um, and then um, we provide some tools for it. So this is kind of a, what I'm going to talk about today is why accessibility in a builder and how we, how we do this. So I, I did a little research and I wanted to see if that makes sense in terms of numbers of users you could affect using builders. And um, uh, I use this um, chart to kind of see it in a larger picture. So WordPress in total is here. Um, and uh, you can see a lot of these builders occupy quite a lot. Of course, the easier they are to use, they, they use more. Uh, but even oxygen, for instance, um, uh, takes, you know, is here. It's not like some other on the very beginning. So we were thinking, okay, so this makes sense uh, to focus on this. It might provide really access to accessibility to more people. Um, and so when we say about Builderius that it works differently, we say we, we say something like HTML first. And because we have separate data from, um, from, from presentation or from design, this means that basically you can um, build any kind of HTML structure without really thinking about WordPress. Um, and once the design um, of the page or a template is done, you can then choose to pull data where you want. So that's the kind of a first premise here is that we want you to be able to build any kind of HTML structure and, uh, and then pull data where you need it. And this will, this should, if you know, um, enable you to really um, create accessible websites. So that first stage we considered that we in a way achieved. Um, but this is only targeting people that know how to do accessibility. So this is really for the people who perhaps could really develop it um, by code and know exactly what needs to be done. Or I mean, no one knows really exactly what to, what's to be done, but they have the knowledge of the technical knowledge of how to achieve stuff. So that can be done with Builderius right now. Um, and 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 kind of I've, I've written here that HTML is pretty good out of the box, and this is kind of a this position that uh, you know when you start designing or putting CSS and JavaScript and all of this onto HTML, and that's one way of making it less accessible. And uh, also when you're not using HTML properly. So when you're not using semantic markup, when you're not thinking about structure, um, then structure of the page, um, you know, in, in, in as a complete thing. This is when it starts to not be accessible. But in, in essence, HTML on its own provides quite a bit of accessible experience, um, let's say in general. Um, so so um, GraphQL is important here because of the flexibility. Uh, sorry, I think I've never mentioned GraphQL, and now I'm talking about it as if I have. So I'm just going to stop for a second. The way we fetch dynamic data is not with PHP like other builders do or tools do. We use GraphQL 
uh, because it's um, easier to get exactly the data you want uh, and really uh, transform it into structures of data that you like and, or, or that you need. So this provides us with the separation that you can really um, then use nicely to achieve complex uh, or really just semantic structures with HTML while using dynamic data. So this is the first part. Um, so when I'm saying sectioning usual approach, I'm referring to most builders. Of course, that is not valid for all builders. Um, but in some sense, um, most of them. So when you come, when you open a, a builder and you look into the kind of sectioning elements or layout or design, you know, these groups are called different ways, um, you will have blocks or elements or modules with such names, container, section, block, div, columns, rows, and I'm, I, I did something here. I, I written a dot button where buttons are actually links. And then compared to the, or, or let's look at this a bit more. So if you look at these elements, other than section and div, which it, which themselves are not semantic, or the list the div is completely not semantic, and section is the least semantic of uh, layout or sectioning elements. Uh, others are not even have nothing to do with semantics. They are really design concepts. These are blocks, columns, rows, containers, not really, you know, uh, does not seem like someone was thinking about semantics when they made those. Um, compared to this, our, um, our layout section has header, main, footer, div, article, section, side, and button is not from that section, but we actually have a button, which is a button. Um, and we also have um, a way to write any um, HTML element. So because we list a lot of them and there's a lot of them, it would completely overcrowd the UI. So you can just start typing and you can create custom elements. And in fact, we do write a lot of custom elements called builderius dash something um, and use them like that as well. So this allows you to really kind of, you know, do what you want. Um, one of the reasons why this is also kind of good and I recently uh, actually wrote in the group, in the accessibility group, question about the details um, uh, element was that we don't have it as a module in the builder, but because you can write custom um, elements, you can make it on your own. Uh, and then you can save it as a custom module and keep using it. So I was thinking since I kind of believe in this HTML first approach, it might, might be the best way to make accordions. Uh, with, in the discussion, it came out that it's not necessarily so, but um, that's the idea. Yeah, you can you can kind of really have access to HTML, and that should empower you to really uh, create a website. This episode of Accessibility Craft is sponsored by Equalize Digital Accessibility Checker, the WordPress plugin that helps you find accessibility problems before you hit publish. A WordPress native tool, Accessibility Checker provides reports directly on the post-edit screen. Reports are comprehensive enough for an accessibility professional or developer, but easy enough for a content creator to understand. 
Accessibility Checker is an ideal tool to audit existing WordPress websites, find accessibility problems during new builds, or monitor accessibility and remind content creators of accessibility best practices on an ongoing basis. Scans run on your server, so there are no per-page fees or external API connections. GDPR and privacy compliant, real-time accessibility scanning. Scan unlimited posts and pages with Accessibility Checker free. Upgrade to a paid version of Accessibility Checker to scan custom post types and password-protected sites. View site-wide open issue reports and more. Download Accessibility Checker free today at equalizedigital.com forward slash accessibility dash checker. Use coupon code accessibilitycraft to save 10% on any paid plan. Uh, and it's not only elements. So um, you can really easily add class, ID, any ARIA element, role, data, whatever you want. So we make this available for you. Uh, you just type it in in any element. We also add some of them in some elements because we think we should promote them in a way. So for instance, uh, although you could just write any any attribute to an image uh, module, image module will have a special alt uh, field there for you prepared so that you kind of, it kind of reminds you, you know, you should add something here. And then going back to GraphQL, uh, this is also where we can use dynamic data to generate these mm, values of these uh, attributes. And the way this has proven to be very uh, exciting for me was when I was doing this accessible menu. And when I started thinking about the button that opens up a submenu for the keyboard or the screen reader, and I needed to add ARIA controls attribute, which should point to an ID of an exact element it should open. And of course, menu is a dynamic thing. So generating these, um, as someone adds items in WordPress to their menu, I could loop over these items, look their IDs, look up their IDs, and use them to create, uh, and use them to create values for the area control. And so that that's easy to do and make a dynamic menu like this. Um, and even further, with some new modules, we're now looking towards how to do that even without GraphQL, with some modules that can kind of make it easier for you to do it like that. So, so that's that's kind of the approach here is that, that dynamic data can be put in any kind of micro elements like attributes, but also uh, uh, on elements themselves, the generate elements themselves in order that you can really kind of hook up elements in a way that is going to be understandable for most users hopefully. Um, and so this is the moment I want to um, show you a little bit of this. So you're going to see an old UI, which we still use. And the idea here is I'm going to show a little bit of uh, how sectioning in Buildedius works. So how we can use uh, these uh, modules. Uh, and I want to create a kind of a dynamically generated list, a, a kind of a menu. Uh, without styling to show this thing that I've just described, uh, uh, how we can make these attributes um, come from IDs and so on. I prepared some stuff for me to be a bit quicker, uh, but yeah, you're going to see. Uh, so 
auto time zone converter. I don't need. So when you uh, when you I'm gonna make it a big bigger. I hopefully will everyone will see it like this. So when your uh, build address is uh, installed, uh, you will have a menu item here, and it has a couple of items. Um, components and templates are basically uh, the way you structure your templating system. Components can be headers, but it can also be a small reusable element like a card or something. And templates are, you know, the entire pages. So I'm going to open up the one that I've already made, which controls the home page. We work uh, only in templates, and we expect content to come from either custom fields or the Gutenberg, Gutenberg um, editor. So you are not using this to make pages, but to make templates to create, let's say, themes of a sort. So um, we are now here. This is a, the panel is one collapsible panel, um, and your canvas is blank when you start. Uh, you add any element by pressing on the module here, and you get your uh, options. Because there's a lot of them, uh, I, I always search. And um, on the top here are custom modules that I've made myself. Uh, if you didn't do that, then nothing is here, and it starts with layout modules. Here we have header, footer section, the things that uh, I've been talking about. So I'm going to uh, just add a couple of them. Let's say I'm going to add a main after this, and I'm going to add a footer. And then within main, maybe article. And within the article, I can add uh, a heading. And I can add a div now to hold my content. And so if I would now want to populate this with uh, some content, um, I would go to H1 and delete the, the placeholder text and choose post type. And because we're on the home, it's going to tell me home. So I've used this icon, uh, which is next to any field that can take dynamic data, which is almost all. And uh, I've just pulled from a list. This is all coming from GraphQL queries that are pre made for our users. And they are not available in the current build. There is version that's publicly available. That's that's one of the new features we have uh, opportunity to see here. And then um, I can do div and do the same. I can say content. And content would populate if this homepage would have anything. So so that's that's um, how easy it is and how kind of front facing these um, semantic elements are. So they are not, for instance, we do not have like a main element for us to be a section, and then you go to section, and then you go to advanced, and then you change to header. It's rather they are right there, right? And I can change my mind, and I can say, okay, maybe this should actually be a section, and I can do that for um, most any element. Um, so that you can do that, and it then changes the name as well, telling you what is what. But the idea is this should be easy for you. This should be like when you want to make a header, you should just type header and it should be here and you should be able to add it. So that that's something that we, uh, I guess, did. Um, I'll just remove can all I, those Can now. I jump in and ask a question so, that I'm curious yeah. about? If, if you were to try and add like two headers or to a page, would 
the builder flag for people that you're not supposed to have two of those that's tags? That's a great question. Yeah, so that's a great question. This is something we have planned to do. And it's going to be a bit later in the presentation, but the idea is yes, to make those basic uh, audits that can be done um, by the tool and not by the actual uh, audit person auditing uh, to build them into the builder. Right now, we don't have that, um, but it, that is our plan. Yes. Yeah, so, that's yeah. cool that you're planning to do that. Yeah. So, the, so to remind a little bit, so the thing that we have achieved right now is make it easy for people that know how to do it. There's a lot in front of us <laughs> to do more, uh, of course, because if the plan is to actually help people do it if they don't really know, then of course we have to do much more. Uh, but right now uh, we wanted to start with this foundation where you can do what you want um, and it's easy for you, um, or at least we hope it's easy. <laughs> um, so so this, this, was, this was the second element. Um, so now I want to show you how we can um, work with attributes. So I'm just going to add, um, I don't know, let's, uh, what can I add? I, I'll just add a section with inner container. This is a custom composite module that I've made that kind of centers things. And for instance, uh, you know, we make this um, heading, but also to kind of um, in the accessibility tree of when you look in the browser, you might want to define this region, you know, by whatever is um, written here. And to do that, so to kind of add to the fact that this has, has a heading inside, you could do that with um, described by attribute. So you come here and there's like a repeater which, which allows you to add as many attributes as you want. And you can type aria uh, labeled label by, hopefully that's right. And now I realize I don't have an ID, so I can come here, add an ID first and say section title one. Okay. You need two L's and you're labeled by. Thanks. Let me label like that. And value. So this now, uh, let me test if it worked. I'm going to, I opened by pressing the button to preview in the front. I opened it up. And if I uh, zoom in here, I oh, that's too much. I hope people see this. So I can press here this accessibility tree, and the region now has a kind of a label, uh, and it should, as far as I understand, help screen readers kind of um, navigate through this um, content of the page more quickly and more informatively. So, so that's a basic use of, of a custom attribute. Uh, nothing special there, but it's here. Okay, hopefully I'm not too fast. If, uh, I am, please tell me. Um, so I'm actually going to add this again uh, because I want to actually make this list dynamic list within um, within it. So I'm just going to say a list so we kind of know what we're doing. 
And uh, if I want to add an element within another element, I can just uh, use this plus element. And I want to use a module we call dynamic list. Um, it's here. And um, by default, when you uh, put it in, it's going to give you some placeholder data. So in this list element here, it's just uh, looking for anything of the data that sits in the actual dynamic list element. This is producing a UL element. Then we have a template HTML element, which does not render on the front. Um, it gets removed. So you get a pure LI elements within UL. Uh, but we use it for conditions and for all of this kind of uh, component-based approach and development in which it kind of uh, it makes it flexible to uh, create conditions and different uh, results. So in order to do this, um, I want to use this dynamic list to generate a WordPress menu now. So uh, to do that, I need to fetch some dynamic data. So I'm going to remove this placeholder. Use again that um, database icon here. I've pre-created the custom query before this presentation, so it kind of goes a bit faster. And I have a, a, so a source of data here called menu items. So I can click this. And at the beginning, I'm going to get everything about each uh, menu item. But if I replace this, uh, and this is a kind of a template tag within these two curly brackets, uh, which allows me to uh, fetch any element of an object like a, like a menu list item is. So right now I want to, uh, I guess, print the title uh, as a, a within the A tag. And then I want to uh, print the URL as well. So I see here I have title and URL to refer reference within this kind of loop context. And I'm, I'm going to do it. Go do it like this. I'm going to add a link, a simple link, and inside, instead of this, I'm going to pull the title of the link, and then instead of this hash, um, what's the, what's the name? The shebang. I'm going to show the URL. So right now I'm getting like a top level items. Um, which, um, you know, allow me to um, navigate this as a menu. But I need also to show the submenus. So in order to do that, I need to add another module, and this time a simple list. And then inside of that list, another template, and then a list item. Now oh, I shouldn't have deleted that, but let's just, I'm just gonna use any, and then I'm going to, uh, sorry, wrong element. I'm going to, in template, I'm going to add, a simple HTML element, so it's like any kind of element, and turn that into list element. Okay, and then inside for now, I'm just going to write a link. Oh, maybe 
like this. So it still didn't show anything. Uh, but if I come here, right click, so uh, above the element in the canvas, I right click and I re-init. And now I'm getting all the links, even the links that are uh, sublinks, but they seem to be on the same level. So I need to make some conditions um, so that I can say, okay, so give me these links only when there is a sub, um, like when they are children, let's say. So uh, I'm going to do that like this. So da, 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 da. I think here I need another template within the top list element. And then um, put this here. So this I put a sub list into the template. So now I can um, add a condition. And condition is children. So it's saying, okay, so give me this only when, there, when these are children. And if you look at the canvas now, you can see that this link link uh, appear only under the blog uh, top link, which is because this is the only link that actually has children. So we have just made Kind of, we said to to the to the loop engine, okay, you know, show the sub list only with, when it's actually a child of of another um, item. So we now have uh, this. I will indent them just so we kind of it's easier to distinguish. So I can go to CSS settings, add a selector, and say, give me a UL element within the UL element. And I'm just going to use margin to do something like 1.2 rem, just to kind of clarify what is what. Okay. So if I want to show now the HTML so that it's kind of clear where we are in this process. So okay. So this is the list, the top level list, and the middle list item has a UL, which then, um, ah, okay. So I uh, am now repeating the UL element, which I shouldn't. So I need to change some, some of this. So let me see, uh, here I have a list inside. Wait a second. So actually, I think here. I think I need to use it the other way. Oh, no, it's different. It's so it's using like this. So it's, uh, where am I? I love this. Okay. 
So right now I want um, to hide. Uh, no, I, I need to add a button. Sorry, uh, a little bit lost here. So within this, I need a button that's going to show uh, kind of a toggle button that is going to show only when we have a sublist to open. We will add it therefore within the template. And so I need a button. And we need it to be before the list. Okay. Ah, of course, when I do the demonstration, I get some mistakes. And so just give me a second. That's the fun of a live demo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm getting these repeated. Um, oh well um in order to see a bit better how this works i'm going to add our menu to see how it's done there and um so i got to go here Okay, so we have that the children that works. Is the loop there was a typo in the loop name? Does that matter? Mm, uh, uh, sorry, can you repeat? Uh, go back to where you were. Do you see the loop recursive item name? It doesn't have an e in children. Yeah, yeah that that's, a, that's a different one. But yeah, that's not oh, okay. wrong. Um, this uh, is a special ad uh, another attribute that makes it possible to be a recursive menu, which means you can have uh, as many levels as you want. It's a bit more complex uh, thing to do. So it, it's kind of within the menu. Uh, it, it's done for you. Uh, but I'm... It's not, uh, wait a second. So so we have a top element, then we have a template uh, where we actually have a data condition and this. So this is telling us there are children. I'm gonna use this same uh, logic here. So let's see if it works like that. Condition. Yeah, now it works. Okay, so it should be a condition, not a source. Mm. Okay, so this is our um, custom menu going on. So now we want to give this button an area control that will point to this um, uh, sublist element, right? But we want to do it dynamically. I'm going to revisit this uh, just to check that everything is actually working in terms of the structure of the menu. So we have a list, three list elements which are top, let's check here. So they are on the top. The middle one has an A uh, link, which you know goes to blog. Then we have a button. And then 
we have a URL, but it doesn't have an ID. So um, we'll add that. We'll go to attributes and within ID, there's also a dynamic source for that. And we can just say ID. So that's the first step. And uh, so uh, let's see what it is. So it's one, two, two, seven, five, and it doesn't have to be entirely dynamic. We can modify it. Um, so it can be something like sub menu dash. This has to be in single quote. And then this, I never know how that is called, this uh, wavy uh, character. I'll, I'll zoom in so you can see. Um, a tilde, I think. Yeah, tilde, right. So I can now reload again and save to preview the output on the front. And it's going to say submenu 1275. So this is, this is an ID from WordPress that it gave to this uh, navigation item. And I've combined it with some name that kind of makes sense. It's kind of under, easier to understand uh, by, uh, I don't know, another developer that comes after you and wants to see what's going on. And so I can do exactly the same thing on a button. So I'm only on a different kind of attribute. So I'm going to make a new one and I'm going to call it aria-controls. And I'm going to paste this save go on the front. And now the button points to this URL element. So right now, um, I have demonstrated a little bit how you can uh, use dynamic data flexibly to get various aspects of um, WordPress data items um, and uh, how to link them together. Of course, what is missing here uh, is um, uh, a kind of a interactive um, interactivity that is usually provided by um, by the oh my God, by, by JS by JavaScript. Um, so that's missing here, and that's something you still have to, like if you're not using our menu, um, you will have to do that toggle thing that's going to also change ARIA expanded. So on a button, of course, we should also have another element, ARIA expanded, and it's going to be false by default, and then that should states of other attributes uh, and some problems we have with just the, the icon <laughs> when it's in, in the menu. Uh, but when we finish this, you will be able to actually build your menu as an accessible menu without writing any line of JavaScript. But the, the difference from just using our menu is that you're actually going to be able to build any kind of menu you want. Um, while with our menu, um, you know, there's a structure we made, right? So you can change it a lot. Um, uh, just move this on the side. Um, but um, uh, but it's still set somehow, and you might not it might not work for you. So the idea is, um, and that's kind of um, going back to the beginning. 
Um, even if we don't have some element, you should be able to make it if you know uh, if you have knowledge or time. So, for instance, I've made a build edges menu before. There was a menu uh, as a module. Uh, it just takes some time, but you can do it. So it kind of, in a way, if something is missing in the builder, you should be able to do it with a bit more time on your own. Okay. So that is uh, the first. I saw, I saw a couple mm -hmm. of questions that I wonder if it might be a good time to pause and ask Yeah, them. yeah perfect. Perfect, yes. Um, so I know you show just a tiny bit, but someone did ask, can, can you show again, um, either styling or how you define CSS in this? So let's say you mm -hmm. were building your own menu there, where would you go? Okay, sure. So uh, before I say that, I'm gonna say a, a bit about, cause I didn't wanna talk too much about CSS. So let me just um, give a brief, because it takes uh, CSS a bit differently than WordPress does, uh, not so much differently from other development uh, contexts, uh, like, um, but maybe less so in WordPress. It's a component-based system, which means that everything you build in Builderius is scoped to a certain scope. So it can be a module scope, or it can be a template scope, or or component, whether depending on what you're using, and, or global. So depending on what you want to do with the CSS, you can place it in different um, scopes, and, and that way almost never loads any CSS you're not using. So if uh, I'm making a menu, um, I'm going to set my CSS within it, especially because that's going to be a component. So when you place it as a component, uh, it doesn't have to be global to be able to be changed from one um, place, because as a component, everything about it can be you know, change in one place. So in order to show this, I can just make a small detour here and go to components. And I prepared one because I thought it might be useful. So this is the header component uh, and doesn't have anything in it right now. Um, but I'm gonna just quickly make like a header, let's say. Uh, and I'm gonna show how to do it um, with CSS and also how then to use it on other templates. So I'm just gonna add a header within it. I'm going to add two things like a, let's say a site title and a menu, like a typical horizontal um, bar that we normally use. So first thing I'm just gonna use text element. And I'm gonna move this over here so you see it. And inside of it, um, we have a um, kind of a, a toggle that enables to, you to transform any element into a link if you want. So you put something, oh, I actually need to be a link. You can just click here and then it add, uh, adds also a URL field for you. So here uh, I'm going to use a site title dynamic element, um, dynamic like helper function. And then here uh, it's going to be site, I have to type because it's actually, I wrote, put the wrong element. This could be a site item, not post title. So site title, and then site again, but this time URL. So now it's a link, as you can see, uh, I can hit escape to see it better. Um, so it's, it's a link now, right? Okay, so that's that's a kind of site title. And then next to it, I'm just gonna add a menu. I close this now, you'll see it here, but of course it doesn't look right. Uh, the one is on the top and the one is below. And the menu is not a real menu. So I'm just going to open my menu builder, go to nav, and then menu element itself. There is a placeholder data here. I'm going to delete that and type nav. 
and I'm going to get a nav menu option and then just choose the exact menu I want and click submit. Once I do that, uh, it's actually a, a real menu now. Uh, and now the last thing is CSS. So I can do this on the top module that holds the entire structure. And I, I'll do a couple of things. I will uh, make the background white. So if there is another kind of background that appears below it, it's going to still be visible. Uh, I'm going to use flex to make it um, horizontally organized. Um, and I'm going to add Z index like uh, position relative and Z index high. So if I don't know, if I fix it later or something, uh, stuff will below it. So, so let's start with this. So, you know, all the time so far we were in data settings. Um, so data settings are kind of HTML part. This is where you write elements of HTML. Uh, the other part is CSS settings. This is not necessarily at the, the best organized UI, but that's why we're making a new one. But this is how it is so far. So, and on the top you have scopes. So component or global. So this is where you can um, you know, do stuff on the global level. But as I said, since we are now in a component that's going to be centrally controlled for everything about this, we're going to stay in the component. We want this CSS to not go anywhere. So I'm going to you know, just stay where I, where I am. I'm going to go to headers or even smaller context only within this module. And here I can go to CSS and I can start styling stuff. So first I want my um, parent element, which is the header to be a flex element and to align stuff within it. So I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to go to layout. And if I, if you don't know where something is, you can always use a search. So let's say display and just uh, shows here and choose flex. And so something happened, so it works. And then I can just delete this. I know it's in layout and I'm going to do two things. One is align center. So now the you know vertical alignment works. And justify content space between. Okay. I also see there's padding missing here, which is not going. I know it's not going to be a problem because menu has it already. So I can just add it to the header. And I'll do something like padding. And on the left side, I'm going to do 1.5 rem. So it's kind of you know not touching the edge. I can now add the background. Background color. And Paint it white. And I can also say color. So text is black. Um, so that's working for everything, but of course not the link. So I can do this the way uh, it makes sense for me. You, know, you could do it differently. You can go to the link or something. But I can say any link within this header, uh, make it you know black color. And I can do that while on the header. I can click here. See here you have all kinds of selectors you might want. So you have the original one, which is this element you're on, or some pseudo, focus, and all that. Um, or you can make new ones. So you can just click on it and uh, start to uh, look for child elements. So space A. So it's going to tell you there's eight such elements selected. And I can now go again here and paint this black color. And as you can see now, it's no longer purple. And I can also say decoration because, of course, uh, in links in the content, I would say need this, but uh, for a site title, perhaps not. So I'm in this case, I'm going to say none. And I could add 
a focus and then you know um, other style for that state as well which might be uh, let's say I don't know outline is going to happen anyway so let's um, let's say underline right so if I now say save uh, there's one thing we forgot which was position so position can be relative so it's not going to go anywhere it's just going to allow me to use the z index to be like 99. Okay, so now I can now save and all this kind of works um, and com component is finished. We cannot preview it now because component itself cannot be shown. It can be shown only when it's in the template. So um, I can close this now, go back to WordPress, go to my templates and I'm gonna go to home back where I was. And now I can add the component. I'm going to type component, which is uh, a module. And inside of it, I can choose some of the components I've made. So header is one that we have. And now we have the header inside. And in any template we want, we can add the header. And um, with conditions, we can make one header in one component, offering different options, whether depending where it is or we have really robust conditions, like you can look for whether you're logged in, what's your role, uh, cookie states, all kinds of stuff, and it's all visual. So you can add a group of conditions, choose like from a huge list of conditions, and even write like a custom expression if uh, you know how to. Okay, so that's uh, that's a header. I can save now. I want to preview just to show a little bit the accessibility of um, of the menu. So. We, you know, we are here. Um, we can click on this. We can come in. If I hit escape, it's going to go back to the button. So I can go back again. If I go to the next one, it closes down. Um, and so on. Um, so that's that's how um, CSS can be used. Uh, if, of course, there are yeah, reasons or. Okay. Speak, I'm yeah? sorry, go ahead. Okay. Of course, there are uh, cases when you need global CSS, which is why we have it, right? And in that case, you would go to global from any template or compose, like whenever, wherever you are, and just make your CSS selectors here. So you can come here and make the class selector, which is being like some dash element and create it. And now you can use your CSS and it's going to apply to this class and whatever has this class is going to get those styles. Um, you can also use, uh, it doesn't have a bit to be a class uh, at all. Like you can, I can edit it and say, I don't know, um, aria expanded equal true. And then it's going to be for that kind of selector. Um, you can use literally any kind of selector you want. Um, and it's also one thing that's also maybe interesting to mention. Um, we have custom media queries on module basis. So it's, you do not need to have one media query for the entire template. You can make them per module. So if one module needs a bit of different moment to change because whatever design, uh, you can do that. Um, you do not have to have these gigantic media queries for the entire page when something like a title is changing, you know, whatever uh, size. Um, yeah. so I think it's actually... I was going to say, yeah. I think it's neat because I haven't seen many builders where they put CSS on 
a component or an element basis. And so typically mm-hmm. it's loading massive style sheets on every page. And so I'm assuming from a performance standpoint, this is much more performant and better. Yeah, we, we did uh, we did like a community project called WP, what was it? Builder Fight, Fight Club <laughs> uh, with like with, <laughs> within different groups. Uh, and so all the users or even authors of builders got together and made the same page. And I'll just say the values are quite good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it, it, it is good for, for performance. Um, most builders or frameworks deal with this in something that is, could be called like tree shaking or this idea that it checks what CSS is actually used on a page and then it ditches the one that it's not. Um, and that's good, but it's also very complex. You know, it's, it's like a complex engine to do something that here it's just like it's with, it goes with the component. Uh, you do not have to make like complex database relationships to check all, all, all these things. It's just like CFS goes with this component. It's where it is. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't appear if it's not used. So yeah, we think it's um, uh, it can grow well as a, as 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 a system for 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 working with it. Yeah. Okay. So I had two other questions about CSS, and then one more, and then I'll let you jump back. Um, so yeah. Gerson had asked if you're applying scopes in CSS, does that mean that the style sheets are dynamically generated for each page? Yes, uh, but what uh, that would be a problem if they would be large, but it's not page, it's component, remember? So when you work with build values, uh, your DOM is super small. <laughs> like you're almost always in a kind of a shadow DOM, if you know the concept, this is like this web components term for like, in all like comparison can, might be like iframes used to be, but not the same. Uh, so for instance, if I'm making this, you know, this is my entire, like I'm now in a component, right? Oh, actually I'm not, wait, I have to go to the component. Um, and this is a typical component. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a menu and blah, blah, blah. And this is all it has. You know, that's everything I, I have to work. Like when I'm doing this component, this is my context. This is the complexity I have. I do not really need BEM or different complex class systems to be able to handle this because I can have the same class here and then another component and they're not going to clash because they're isolated. So I can just call it like link or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And and this CSS gets generated with this component. Not So it's not like we're not generating for each page, we're generating for each component. So it's small bits that go together quite well. And our tests, like there may be cases when this, um, of course, that uh, kind of uh, how do you cache this and so on. We have an internal caching system, so we don't use any caching plugins with it. Um, so it tends to work quite well um, because it's this kind of little boxes that, that, that just get unsa- assembled um, you know, at runtime or at a moment when you request the page. Yeah. Um, he was also wondering, is it possible to write CSS directly instead of using the builder's UI and have it automatically be applied to the UI? Yep. Yeah, it's also cool. I think that'd be a cool feature for people who'd rather type than click buttons. <laughs> sure, sure. That's that's here. Uh, so if you want to um, write your CSS, feel free to do so. Uh, just cut from CSS. You make a style sheet. Uh, and some bugs here. Great. So like custom and um, let's see, I don't know, H1, uh, color, black. Oh, and you can- And it has prompts to help you. You can hit return and 
select yeah, yeah, yeah. if you don't want to it's speed up typing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, this, this is, uh, uh, I forgot the name of this editor component, but it's the one that's used by WP Codebox. Like everyone uses the same one. So it's really, uh, yeah, all the Emmet uh, goodness works. Um, and uh, so you can, yeah, you can use that. Uh, I thought I would prefer it, but I really don't use it a lot uh, for some reason because it's kind of, uh, because of its searching capability, it really works quite fast for me, uh, but it's there for you. And there are some CSS uh, rules we don't have, uh, very little, but some, so in that case, I use it. Uh, but uh, otherwise, it's somehow uh, easier for me here. But yeah, we have it. Um, you uh, might not remember uh, in the, I'm going to show it quickly here. Where is it? Uh, oh, yeah, Figma here. We're going to make a couple of slides. So in the new UI, it's going to be a huge, like a big panel on the bottom. It's going to be, like you, you will be able to drag it. And here you will have the code editor for uh, everything. And you will be able to also scope it. And uh, it's going to be one click away, whatever you're doing. And uh, CSS itself is going to be just, you will not have to push any buttons to confirm. It's just going to update the canvas, same like when you use the UI. So it's going to be a bit easier to access. Um, All right, so last questions. And I'll, I'll hide myself while you answer it so you can go back to your planned slides. Yeah, no problem. Um, no, no, just, uh, so someone had asked, um, do you have, so I think this, it came up on the nav when you were building it. And then you did show that you have, for example, an accessible navigation menu. Um, but are there mm -hmm. other components that you've included where you've kind of pre-built them in a way that is accessible? Um, so if someone doesn't know, for example, they're not familiar with using ARIA controls or ARIA, like the ARIA, they can just choose that component and it already has all of the correct accessible attributes on it. Or is that something that they really would have to learn in order to be able to build things like that? Mm -hmm. So perfect timing, as you can see the slide, interactive modules. Uh, so that's where we are now. The idea here, pre-built accessible by default interactive components. So uh, of course, it, there's a lot of challenges. This is the moment where I'm going to hope for advices and uh, recommendations and feedback. I wanted to use my Mac because of the voice, con uh, voice no, screen, uh, screen reader uh, app, because on Linux here, uh, I, it's not really good, I think. But my Mac is so old that everything is so slow. <laughs> so I use it for testing, uh, but I don't think it's good for presentation. So uh, we will not be able to use it, uh, use the voice uh, over, uh, mm, but yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I, we can see, look at the HTML and, you know, um, make conclusions on what, what on what it would do. I will also tell you where the challenges are for me. Um, so yeah, so the interactive modules. So we have quite a lot of them. Um, we have uh, rewritten a lot of them for this next release before the UI. Some, I think, are quite good. Some, um, there's a lot of challenges. Um, so yeah, let's, let's see them. So many you have seen, right? Um, accordion, I think, is as it normally should be by all the recommendations I can find. I'll just go into this, uh, where am I? I'm in the header component, so I don't need that. Mm. 
Oh yeah, by the way, if you have two screens, whatever you do, uh, it updates on the others. Uh, like you can open the front end of any page that uses your template and see the result immediately. You can like work in several tabs at once. So I, uh, there's no fear there. So uh, this is the front, we don't need that. Uh, I, that's the template. Okay, so we have components. Okay, so I'll leave, uh, let me just um, reload that, uh, refresh that header. Okay, and I'm gonna see. Okay, so we are now in, I think, home, te yeah, te home template. And I can name this properly so we know which component it is, it's the header. Uh, and so I'll just keep adding modules and comment on that. So let's start with accordion. So accordion is an older element, uh, but um, I think it's good. So uh, we're, we're going to update it a little bit in terms of flexibility for design. But in terms of accessibility, uh, let's try some um, tabbing. So I tab into it, I click it, it opens up, click it back, it closes, all that. So I'll now show you the attributes and all that. So, da, 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 da. so this is the, the various accordion. Uh, this is the custom HTML that we produce for dynamic and interactive elements. Uh, and so within it, uh, there's a button, an actual button. It has area controls, which looks into the you know content right after it. it has area expanded, expanded, and so on. So if I now click on it, you will see that it gets area expanded. Uh, where is it now? Uh, through. I'll just make it a bit smaller so I can see. Um, it has area labeled by, it has role region, uh, I mean, on, on the content just opened up, and so on. So uh, I think in terms of accessibility, accordion is one of the simplest ones, uh, I guess, to make. Uh, so uh, I believe it works. Uh, and you can just, um, so when you're in the builder, uh, you will see accordion has this uh, older, uh, approach that we have used, which is to use uh, JSON inside. Uh, and the value is behind the scenes, everything is JSON. So when you GraphQL something, you'll get a JSON uh, output. We just use JSON, which makes it super easy to integrate with other systems. So for us, it's super easy to fetch remote stuff because it's how we do everything. So it's a bit strange for WordPress. Uh, but not at all strange for modern web, like everywhere else you'll see JSON for, I mean, even WordPress now with theme JSON and block JSON and all that, that's all moving in this direction. So I th we think we're on the right track in terms of where the things are going. Uh, but some older modules like accordion is, um, don't have a UI for it, you just have to type stuff inside. So that's, uh, I mean, you can do it dynamically, of course, uh, but there's no like uh, modules. So that's gonna be rewritten. Uh, that's why I was looking into details. Uh, um, um, details element uh, to use that and it can be done. I can show a bit later when I go into the phase when I'm like working with custom stuff. Uh, I'll just remove that and go to tabs. So we have tabs and dynamic tabs. So you can generate tabs from, I don't know, a loop of posts or uh, ACF repeater or, you know, something like this. I'll just use a, a static tab now because um, perhaps it's not important. Uh, and we have these tabs here. You can tab into them. They act a bit following the guidelines. Uh, they should not be used by tabs, but by arrows. I'm now pressing left and right arrows to navigate them. And if I press tab, I'm going to come to content. 
Um, if I press Shift Tab, I'm going to go back to them and so on. So I believe it works. Uh, and here, for instance, yeah, again, buttons. We use like we try to use button and not div roll button or something like you know it seems uh, to make sense having the access to the HTML. So these two um, for me uh, are easy. Uh, so accordion and tabs fine, but when when it becomes a bit challenging um, is for instance model. This is the new one. Uh, the the tabs and accordion you have from before, but model not. Um, so I'm going to press here. So this model builder um, allows you to build any kind of model. Um, we will be working more on what kind of triggers work with it. And that's one of the questions I want to maybe uh, get some answers because users want mod models that can fire on scroll or timed or whatever. Um, and I, I will be reading on it, but maybe this is a situation to maybe discuss it a little bit. How uh do these kinds of things that open up not on user interaction or at least not in a kind of intentional um interaction you're scrolling because you want to scroll the page not to see the model i guess so if model pops up at that point yeah what is that for accessibility um so um i'll just open again i, I mean you can even do it in the builder so i can press and model will open I can press escape, it's going to close, uh, or I can uh, press here. You can do that same thing. So we tried uh, just for, for keyboard. I don't think it really works in, in the builder that well. So I'm going to try and um, uh, so now you have a focus on the button. I'm pressing enter, it opens up. I'm pressing escape, it closes, and I'm back on the button. So I can open it up again and then tab. Uh, now it will be not to have a screen reader. Um, uh, but basically, it should now tell you you're in a model. Um, and how I did it is this. I'm just going to, oh, I have too many windows open. I'm going to close this one. Yeah. OK, so we use a template tag. So it's not loading anything in the, so you can have like huge images here. It's not going to load them until you press. So uh, only when JavaScript fetches stuff from the template HTML element and puts them elsewhere in the uh, domain DOM, uh, it's going to you know, send those requests and get those uh, um, assets. So uh, you cannot see it now because it's in the template. So in order to design it, uh, it's actually quite easy. You just have to take whatever is in the template, you grab it and take it out. And now uh, you can actually see the model. Uh, and you can design it. You can add stuff to it. Uh, you can do whatever you want. Uh, but uh, let's talk about accessible, accessibility uh, important stuff. So for instance, do you have a, a dialogue tag? Uh, no, we didn't you know call it dialogue. One? Yeah, no, yeah. We can, you can make it. We can make it. There's so an actual here. I'll post in the in the chat. There's a dialogue. HTML element. Mm -hmm. We know the reason why we are, we use it for our cookie consent because mm -hmm. Vitaly was excited about it. <laughs> but I, uh, there is this trade of older browsers, newer things. So, for instance, in Safari, that is 
two years old. Um, it's not working. So we're kind of, mm. I don't know, still thinking whether we should use it. And because this one... Yeah, I mean, so, I, I guess if you had, like, if you put role, a, a dialogue role on a div, then that would be fine, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think I have. Oh, wait, where did I put it? Um, so do, 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 do. I have some... Give me a second. I'm not here. Um, right now, I, I'm thinking I'm missing some stuff. <laughs> but for instance, I've added this paragraph, which is hidden, uh, which um, has a... Which, uh, this is for the screen readers. Uh, it appears only for the screen reader. It's the first thing within the model, and it reads your uh, whatever it's, uh, it tells you here. Or actually not. Wait. No, no, it should be. Oh my God, I think this last update is missing some stuff about the model. I was adding. Yeah, I don't think it's there. Uh, I was adding um, um, kind of a screen reader text that announces you're in a model, right? It tells you you're in a model, uh, hit escape to go out. And so one of the things that I didn't like about that, so I like the fact that it tells you this, but once you go out, it doesn't tell you that that succeeded. So I'm one of the questions for anyone that might know is how to do these things. Like when you open a model, it actually tells you you're in a model and then start to read the header, the content, whatever, you know, and then it comes to the close button and you can close the button there or you can just hit the escape key, which was announced to you in the beginning. So I think that works. Uh, not in this one, I guess. So <laughs> do you know about uh, role equals dialogue? You could maybe even open yeah. this on your screen and everybody could see it. I posted a link in the chat. That uh, So you shouldn't necessarily need screen reader text mm -hmm. to tell them if you... Because if you give the div or whatever, is it a div that your modal is in? Yeah, it, I'm using a The div, modal yeah. wrapper ba basically, well, not the button, but like the actual modal itself that your content is in or like, whatever container, yeah. it's a div. If you give it a role equals dialogue and then you can so add like that, the same right. thing like, yeah. So mm -hmm. I can come here do this yeah and then but, even if you had like the labeled by and you labeled it by the heading mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you could you could um, on that same container like label it by whatever heading is inside the modal when it opens then when yeah. they if you have javascript that shifts focus into the modal yeah. then when it shifts focus in it would read as it's a dialogue and it would say the name of the heading that's contained in it. Like that. Mm -hmm. So I've now added this to the div. Yeah, you're labeled by And H2 it already has an ID. Uh, and so now I can be able to just drop it back in template, save. And now that I open it up, that sounds nice. It's nice if I don't have to, um, you know, if you don't have to think about this, um, so they, if, if I, by using role dialogue, it's going to announce it properly. Uh, how does that work with multilingual? Like, does it translate well? Do you know? Well, I think, I don't, yeah, I don't think that there is a non-English version of ARIA. I don't because know. 
it, like the screen reader would still probably interpret it as a dialogue, but I, I have not tested this and I don't know. And I don't know if we have anyone yeah. in the chat who can add comments about that. But my assumption is, is that if someone's using their screen reader and let's say Spanish, that mm -hmm. the screen reader is going to take the English aria and perhaps pre instead of announcing it as a dialogue, it might use a Spanish word for that. But you don't, I think you wouldn't want to change, you wouldn't change the aria attribute to something. That's yeah, no, no, I'm thinking value, the value of the attribute. So if, 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 if for instance, if, so of course. Well, I know I'm saying like the value, like that dialogue, that is a literal yeah. role that aria, like you can't put anything in role. Like you couldn't, sure, randomly, sure. you know, like, like it, it's only, there's only accepted values. So I don't think there is a non-English for that. My, my, my assumption was that because it's this kind of attribute, so it's not ARIA label, for instance, it's ARIA, it's raw dialogue, that it should actually use whatever is the browser's language to say that, but I'm not sure. So that's what I've asked. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but it seems to me it might be very good. Otherwise, if we use ARIA labels, we have also an integration for we're multilingual already. So we have like uh, we can capture strings and serve you different output uh, within attributes as well depending on the language uh, that you're using at the moment. So in ARIA labels, we have tools to do that, but uh, because I can't do it here, <laughs> I, I wanted to know like if there's any information on how it uses, uh, how it works with non-English or um, yeah, other languages. Yeah, this, uh, but I like this, this, thank you. Um, this sounds uh, like a nicer way. I just wonder how the other thing disappeared. Okay, anyways, it's a thing to, and later. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the model. One 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 question is if anybody has an idea later, I'm going to check the chat. Yeah, how to handle going out of the model because we're no longer like you know then like maybe maybe dialogue handle better well when you close it says oh you know you exit it or something or if that's even needed. Uh, I'm assuming yes because it might not work the escape key. So the confirmation that it worked seems to be. Something that would be desired, uh, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so that's model. Uh, and now um, let me just check what I had just so I don't forget some model. Yeah. And so now I want to look at the swiper uh, module because that's a slider. Uh, everybody, I, I guess most people um, who make websites know about swiper.js. It's uh, very well known. It has a lot of features in terms of visual aesthetics. Um, and so we've updated it um, significantly, um, in part also because of accessibility. So I'm going to just show uh, what I talk about. So when you click it, it just it's just in and it works. Um, but uh, we exposed all the Swiper script settings to the UI. Um, and uh, there's a whole section on accessibility that they have. Uh, I actually didn't, I, I used it so previously in my like hand-coded websites. Uh, I have no idea it has all of this. Maybe it didn't have it at the time, I don't know, but it's pretty impressive. Um, so it has, for instance, outer swiper container message for the screen reader. Uh, then it has a message for the previous button when swiper is on the first slide. A message for describing the role of the slide element. A message for the next button when swiper is on the last slide. And like it goes in detail. Um, so my, I have two questions. One is pause button, which it doesn't have. 
So uh, it has all of this, but it doesn't have an option to stop the output. <laughs> so, so that's weird. <laughs> like how do you how, how do you do all this <laughs> and then don't do it like the yeah, that's weird. So that's something with, with, that we would plan to add to it. Uh, just custom uh, thing that we would add uh, because I guess people will want this at some point, at least so that users can stop it. So that's one question, like uh, kind of, you know, um, not really a question. I think we want to do. Um, but the other is um, like um, I've tried to, I've researched a lot about sliders and accessibility and I'm lost. I actually don't know. <laughs> I can't say I know how it's like I don't know what should be done because when I try to work with this it speaks a lot and I'm not sure I understand stuff better because of this it's just like so in a way uh any good links that I will not somehow found and someone knows about would be really appreciated I would like uh, I usually also do this in the Facebook group but uh, I would like to learn uh, and and then it would be like you know how from a user perspective, like our question is like, we want defaults to be accessible. So when you drop it in, it's not enough to just have the fields. They should be pre-populated for kind of a common use case. Uh, and then, you know, if you do, I mean, user can always break it, <laughs> but at least like if they, if, if the thing that we did um, should work properly. So any kind of I mean, that's, um, that's sort of the thought behind the accessibility ready tag on wordpress.org like it requires that the theme meet color contrast does that mean that the person who chooses the theme might change it to fail yeah they might but the idea is is at least the default should be accessible and and then maybe even adding a message like like for example i see in years you have the ability to toggle on and off I mean, I would debate whether, like, I would, if it were me, I would remove that. Like, users should not be able to toggle accessibility off. Nice. I like but, media. Right? But if they, but if they do, like, maybe you have a big warning. Um, this is something I would love to see more plugin and theme developers do, adding guidance into the editor to explain mm -hmm. if someone's making a poor choice. Um, I mean, I think, I think it is good that there's more, uh, you know, so some feedback that I might put, like one of the common things that sliders do is even on the, the pagination bullets, I think it says go to slide. And that's probably going to tell you like one of three, but what would be yeah. most useful for a user? Cause they're like, well, why would I want to go to slide one? Is it would really be better if there's like a heading or something on the slide mm -hmm. to say like, go to slide for X, Y, Z go to slide for ABC, go to slide, right? Because then they, then they actually know what the, the point of the slide is <laughs> and whether mm -hmm. or not they would want to toggle in. So uh, yeah, Grace mentioned gravity forms is the, I, that's also the only plugin I have seen that where they are putting guidance in the editor. WordPress core does it. So um, like there's some color contrast warnings, there's explanations about alt text in the when you're adding an image block into like core WordPress. But yeah, there's not a lot of plugins that are doing it, but I would love to see more plugin developers adding some accessibility guidance um, mm -hmm. for people because they don't, you know, most the average yeah. user doesn't know, even the average developer doesn't know. So yeah.
Yeah. Thank you for this. We are getting close to time. So I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share um, before we need, we don't have our captioner past 1145. So we'll have to stop at that point. Um, Okay. So how much, how many minutes do I have left? About 10. Okay. Sure. This has been phenomenal, oh. by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I was and, very and nervous. And we can definitely follow up on that carousel stuff in the Facebook group after after the meetup, too. So okay. I'm sure. going to hide cool. myself. I'll let you wrap. I'll pop back in when there's about um, three or four minutes left. Okay. Cool. Uh, so the last thing is what Amber mentioned uh, many times. It's audits. So... Uh, we're looking at different, I would say, tools that do audits for you. So we're, right now, uh, I'm showing an image of uh, Lighthouse uh, within developer um, inspector or whatever tool of the Chrome browser, which does some nice things. Like, for instance, uh, this site that I was checking didn't have all the attributes on the images, and uh, it passed all the other things that they look at, which is like logical tab order, interactive controller, focusable, and all of those. So, so that's something that we're looking at to implement somehow in the UI. And uh, when it comes to builders that do this, uh, Webflow have it, has it. Um, so Webflow, for those that don't know, it's like a visual builder that's not uh, a WordPress-based. They're like a, their own closed system. But they have some really nice stuff, and this is one of them. They have audits. Uh, it's a, like a nice, uh, like a nice. No, sorry, I didn't want to say nice. Like a small, small, subtle, like a icon here. I didn't leave because I wanted it to be a bit more visible. But anyways, it, it goes red if you're not doing it right, and it goes green when it's when it's when it's done well. Uh, and it actually looks looks at the entire page that's rendered at the moment. And it looks, for instance, uh, you know, the sequential ordering of the headings. Uh, it looks at alt, of course, again, missing alt text. It looks at uh, non-descriptive link contents so or links that don't have text inside them, duplicate IDs, all these things, right? Uh, I mean, not all of these things in terms of, like, I think this is, uh, I think that's all they have. So I don't think it's enough. Uh, but even just basic stuff, um, for me personally, headings are seem like super good because I think they're done well, but you know, it can get complex. Like where is it H2 or now add three and what if this, let's say H3 is a bit before H2, does that work? Like, you know, this kind of checks, I would love to have them. Um, and so, so for us, um, this is, uh, I guess, the third stage of accessibility within various kind of implementation that we know about so far. So, so first one was being able to do it alone if you know how to using HTML, CSS, all of that, right? Uh, dynamic data. Second one is interactive modules that are accessible by default, which what we're doing now, and we have a lot more to do. Uh, but this is where we are, where we are at right now. And then after this, within the new UI, uh, we will be working on audits. Um, and so I know about Webflow. I, it's the first time I hear Core does it. Somehow I missed that at all, WordPress Core. Uh, but for this, I wanted to also ask if there are recommendations, if you know about tools 
that do it well other than Ember's plugin. <laughs> but like other other tools, uh, especially tools that are maybe that's not their only uh, like you know with your audit tool. This is main. This is why it exists. But kind of implemented into processes such as building websites or you know kind of. To, yeah, it's going to be helpful because it's in a way uh, these uh, you know you don't have so many precedents, um, so it gets harder to design and do well. Um, so uh, any kind of links uh, or ideas about good examples of this or bad even, so you know maybe we should see something that should be done, would be really useful for us. But that's that's what we plan to do after the new UI comes on, comes on. We, we, I'm going to devote a lot. So the first version of UI will not have it, um, uh, but we want to work on that uh, after the UI goes out. And yeah, if yeah, questions, uh, please ask. I, I, I'm kind of done. <laughs> Thank you. This has been great. Thank you so much. It's so much fun. I love seeing different builders. I hadn't had a chance to see yours before. Um, and it's neat to see how you've taken like a, a developer friendly HTML first approach that still sort of gives you that preview and allows you to potentially not even have to be coding locally, right? Necessarily, if you don't want to. Um, I, I really appreciate you sharing that and the effort that you all have been putting into to making sure the components that you include in it follow accessibility best practices, because that's something not a lot of builders do, or maybe they're just starting to, but it seems like you're doing it from the beginning instead of having to circle back and fix things. So I, I applaud you on that effort. So Thanks. Yeah, I, we, I, we, think, we think by doing it from the beginning, it's going to be easier. Otherwise, you need like to put stuff on top of your builder. And the idea here is kind of from the ground up, uh, should make it easier long term. But I have yeah. to say, I understand why other developers uh, maybe not do it because, for instance, menu without the accessibility part, it would be done like in a week. Uh, and with accessibility, it took like two months. <laughs> so it's really, you know, it's expensive to do it for the builders and, uh, and, and a challenging thing. Uh, but I think it should be done. I think it's, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be doing it. Yeah. Uh, so can you just, before we leave off, can you let everyone know how they can get in contact with you if they have any other thoughts or um, questions or feedback? And then there was someone who posted, they sent a message only to hosts and panelists, so you saw it, but they're interested in having someone help them with a build a website. So I don't know if they asked for your email address. I don't know if you want to share that or you could just message them directly. Um, so but. there's a couple of places you can get me. Um, so on Facebook, look up my name and ask me. I'm not really saying no to friends. Uh, I'm active in Dynamic WordPress group, which I moderate with other people. I'm also uh, following everything in accessibility, WordPress accessibility group. So yeah, come. you can find me there as well, especially because we have an event in this group. Feel free to ask me there and tag me or whatever. I'm going to try to answer. Uh, there's also a Builderius group. Uh, I've did, there is the link here as well. I'll post it in chat or share somewhere, which uh, for those that want to know more about the builder, uh, we're there as well. Um, so yeah, um, Amber, you asked me in the beginning 
um, uh, about GitHub. We have a GitHub uh, repo. I'll share the link for that as well. So if you have some things to say specifically there, please do. Um, but yeah, feel free to contact me. I'll share my contacts and we will be happy to uh, chat and yeah, help if I can with something. Yeah. Thank you, Elvis. Thank you, everyone, for attending. We're going to sit for just a second so I can uh, watch the transcript and make sure all of the final words make it into the transcript for people who are relying on that. Um, otherwise, mm -hmm. everyone have a great day. We'll be back with a virtual meetup in September. We won't have one the Monday evening US time um, just because of WordCamp US. If you are at WordCamp US, come find us and help at Contributor Day. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I'm going to stop my share. Thanks for listening to Accessibility Craft. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in your podcast app to get notified when future episodes release. You can find Accessibility Craft on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And if building accessibility awareness is important to you, please consider rating Accessibility Craft five stars on Apple Podcasts. Accessibility Craft is produced by Equalize Digital and hosted by Amber Hines, Chris Hines, and Steve Jones. Steve Jones composed our theme music. Learn how we help make thousands of WordPress websites more accessible at equalizedigital.com.